Come on. Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, the strong and powerful Mark Mellon. Mark, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Mark is an algorithmic, algorithmic and systematic analyst who understands reality and recognizes beta market environments. He is a writer for Value Walk, an author, collegiate professor, and he is an expert on the impact of artificial intelligence and machine learning on markets. Excited to have you on, Mark. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is you do what you do. Well, I've always been interested in intelligent machines and the concept that a computer can process information in a fashion similar uh, to a human being. Um, I wrote a book in 2000 uh, at the turn of uh, the century um, and that, that discussed and dove into intelligent machines. Um, and so it's always fascinated me, and I've always been in markets. Um, but I think what we're finding right now is there's a tremendous amount of hype. Um, and I think it's important for uh, in and important for market practitioners uh, to be able to discern between what is pragmatic, what is realistic, uh, and what is unrealistic. Um, and I got to tell you a funny story. Uh, about three months ago, I was just hearing unbelievable hype coming out of Silicon Valley about what machine learning was going to do in finance. And uh, the, the meme was something along the lines of machines are going to figure out investment strategies on their own and then automatically implement these strategies in real time. And they were saying that this is being done currently. And I found that a little hard to believe, not only because have regulators put forth guidelines about testing algorithmic strategies before you, you implement them, um, and, and this would be a violation of that, but I just understood at a very fundamental level the limits of mathematically based logic um, and how understanding uh, how unstructured data and overfitting played into a lot of algorithmic strategies. I, I just wasn't buying it. So I, I got one of the top guys who, if you look at a list of you know, the acknowledged top people in machine learning and finance, I got him on the phone. I, I, I started asking him some questions for an article. And quite frankly, I was stunned that no one has been calling these guys out because um, there is what what they're saying is is just impossible um, in so many cases and there's so much hyperbole uh, around artificial intelligence and machine learning that I think it's important to take a step back and, and the first question to ask if you're an investment professional and someone starts throwing around the popular phrases in artificial intelligence and machine learning, what are the limitations to it? Um, and I think that uh, the primary limitation is um, that all artificial intelligence, all machine learning, it's based on a mathematical logic. And that's, that's Boolean thinking, if-then Boolean thinking. And you have to understand the limits of mathematical logic relative to what a human 
type of logic is or a fundamental-based uh, approach to investing. And once you start with that framing of understanding that math-based logic is just going to yield different results and different outcomes than human-based logic, that's really the place to start your uh, adventure into um, machine learning and, and what it can do for an investor. Excellent. And I'm grateful that it is one of your goals to break down complex information into understandable packets so that people can actually consume it because I think that you're probably at risk of talking over a lot of people's heads if you are not careful. So if, if you would, just tell us a little bit about really what AI and machine learning kind of is and how investors should categorize them, I guess. Okay, well, I'm going to start out with my categorization, which is a little different than what's in the mainstream. I look at machine learning and artificial intelligence along a timeline of computer automation coming into uh, the world of finance. And in my opinion, that timeline starts with managed futures CTA strategies, which is another term that a lot of fundamental investors probably don't know. But um, these strategies were um, created in the 1950s, 1960s, popularized largely uh, in the 1980s by people such as uh, Sir David Winton. Um, then there are a host of uh, um, trend-following programs, and and then that sort of migrated into spread uh, arbitrage strategies and and certain volatility trading strategies. Um, And these are the most statistically obvious strategies. Like, for instance, a trend-following strategy is essentially, as its name suggests, once a market price trend has entered a market, and there's a there's a beta market environment of price persistence, um, then you, the investor would simply follow that trend. Now, there are some very sophisticated ways to get in and out of these strategies and some sophisticated ways to model the strategies. But at their very core, it's, it's just a matter of uh, following moving averages and understanding when a trend has entered a market and then just following that trend higher. It's not picking a top or a bottom. It's after a top or a bottom has been picked, you follow the trend and it continues to move in one direction. So from these CTA strategies, um, you start to look at machine learning. Now, a lot of machine learning people don't look at the history of automation and finance. So they, by and large, ignore a lot of managed future CTA strategies, which is a shame because there's a lot of value that has been created, a lot of knowledge. Uh, and it's sort of funny, a lot of these strategies that, that machine learning experts uh, claim to have discovered really aren't, aren't very much discoveries because they're they're finding a lot of the trend-following statistical arbitrage strategies um, that have already been discovered. Um, but what I find interesting in machine learning right now isn't so much the technical aspect of it, but I find where it's combining a technical understanding with a fundamental understanding. So um, Ken Griffin at Citadel recently defined machine learning uh, as pattern recognition. Now, when you say pattern recognition, a lot of people are going to say, okay, that's technical patterns. 
What I find most interesting in machine learning, I've, I've looked at a couple of these systems um, most recently, is where they take technical pattern recognition and then apply it with a fundamental understanding of a stock or a, an economic environment. Um, and a lot of cases that requires uh, understanding your data and structuring the data. Because a lot of what machine learning does, it'll take synthesize information in the clusters. Um, and then uh, the biggest mistake you can make in machine learning is overfitting a particular process and then assigning correlations that have meaning where there really is no meaning. So they'll find a correlation that seems to work on a past performance basis, um, and then they put it into live production uh, where money's at stake, and then those correlations no longer apply. And I think one of the key points that you need to make if you're, if you're engaging in this machine learning for finance, you really have to, in my opinion, have an fundamental understanding of why a strategy works. In Managed Futures CTAs, I can explain on a fundamental economic basis why markets trend. I can explain why a spread arbitrage strategy works between two markets on a fundamental economic basis. So there has been a methodology that has been tried and true uh, in CTA strategy development that I think needs to be applied to machine learning. Because right now, I see a lot of very intelligent PhDs who are just ignoring years and decades and decades of what has been successful uh, algorithmic um, pattern development and algorithmic strategy development. And usually, it's funny when I talk to a machine learning quant, you know, I'll ask him, you know, he'll show me the correlation patterns, he'll show me the past performance, and then I'll ask him, explain why on a fundamental basis your strategy works. And that's usually where they fall down. <laughs> Got it. Now, you were... You were talking about um, how people are applying this to machine learning today, and they're, I think you used the term overfitting, and they look at something that happened, and then, then they try to take that and then apply it forward. Is there an example that you can give me, or just maybe some kind of a real-world scenario with a certain investment, or company rather? Uh, well, okay, here's an example of overfitting. It's It would be applying a correlation analysis um, where a, a fundamental correlation link does not exist. So if we looked at, for instance, um, the uh, win percentage of the Chicago Cubs uh, and then applied that uh, to the uh, success of the S&P 500, you, you might be able to find a correlation between those two statistics, Chicago Cubs win percentage and the success of the, of the stock market, the S&P 500. Um, but there's no fundamental link between, between those two. Um, and, and, it, and it gets into the strategy of how you – I've been involved in a couple projects where um, we create uh, an algorithmic investment approach. And the best programs I've been involved with are a team approach. So you have a 
PhD quants, you have uh, very intelligent math-based thinkers, but you combine that with people who have down-to-earth fundamental market structure and understand economic environments. And in my opinion, what's what's most interesting is when you look at the impact beta has on all these strategies. I've gotten into some pretty deep discussions with um, Quants about the role beta has in machine learning strategies. I think beta has a tremendous role in uh, any algorithmic strategy, and I think it's it's by and large underappreciated um, by a lot of the by a lot of the quants. So the first thing I want to do when I look when a quant comes to me and says, "Here's the strategy," I say, "Okay, you know, a let's try and explain it on a fundamental economic basis," um, and then. Then B, let's let's get inside that strategy and and really understand the correlation links. And then where's the beta? You know, I want to assign a percentage of success of a particular algorithmic strategy to beta. And I think once you start um, A doing that, and B, you have to sort of expand your definition of beta. I think there's a fundamental economic definition of beta, and then there's a quantitative definition of beta that I use, which is just repeating market patterns. Time, you know, a market pattern repeats, you know, to me, that's a market beta to a certain degree. I want to understand why that market pattern repeats, and then I want to look at causal relationships, not just casual relationships. You know, what are the economic factors surrounding any type of market movement, you know, or algorithmic pattern? And, you know, when you do that in trend following, it ex- explains why trends persist. Um, you can you know, do it in spread arbitrage. You can explain why there are different relationships between, uh, say, grains and um, cattle, for instance. There's a lot of correlation. There's a lot of reasons why, economic, fundamental reasons why uh, those exist. And I think today, particularly, the markets are becoming increasingly algorithmic algorithmically driven and they don't make the same economic sense that they used to and a lot of times you know like in the past couple months you know in particular february uh you know you look at a lot of the markets and they're doing crazy things i can understand it because i look at the markets from an algorithmic standpoint and i know the algorithmic and systematic forces that drive momentum in one direction or another um, and it's really starting to overpower a lot of the underlying economic um, rationale as to why markets move in a, in a direction or another i think there's a balance that's um being lost, and I think the more systematic and the more computer-based the markets go, uh, the the more potential trouble there could be for markets, uh, particularly if we get rolling on the downside. Because a lot, I know how a lot of the algorithms are written. There's vol- volatility-based uh, triggers that are used in a lot of these, um, and and so once you start to understand, like you can categorize how algorithmic algorithms are written into maybe 20 to 25 big 
broad categories. And once you understand the categories of what's driving these algorithms, then you, you, know, you start to look at some of the market movements on a daily basis that have fundamental analysts scratching their heads. But when you have that algorithmic understanding, you can kind of understand it. Not saying it's good for markets, just saying it's, it's important for people to have that sort of understanding as they look forward. Got it. And I'm, I'm just curious if a lot of the, uh, the machine learning, the artificial intelligence, it's, it's missing the fundamental piece. Can't you just add that? Well, that's what I think is so interesting that, and that I've seen happen. Um, so, yes, it's, it's, but it's not easy to add because understand that the data um, is unstructured. And so when a, when a computer looks at fundamental data, they don't understand, you know, what does it mean when quantitative easing is starting to be unwound? What are the components of that from a fundamental basis? Um, you know, so the algorithms don't natively understand the meaning of fundamental events. And so that's where you get into a team environment where you have uh, people with an economic understanding uh, combining with quants uh, and that data is tagged with economic meanings and economic correlations. Um, and uh, so I, I think to me, sort of the next step, or, or at least probably one of the most interesting directions that I think machine learning and algorithmic development is going, is in combining sort of the technicals, which has always been the traditional CTA approach, uh, with a fundamental understanding. That's the most exciting route. It's not easy to do. It, it takes a lot of time to uh, massage the data and to properly uh, uh, tag and identify data. Got it. Is this similar to, I hear about how, how robots or AI or whatever term that is appropriate is really, really good at playing Go but teams of human beings and the robots, that's, that's really the best way to play chess or to play Go. Is it similar to that? Am I making that up? No, no, that's, I, I don't know the Go analogy, um, but I, I do like the concept of combining humans with um, computers, I think is, is the way forward. I think this notion that um, computers by themselves are going to operate um, better or more in a more robust fashion uh, than uh, the combination I think is false because it's just different types of thinking, different types of logic. Humans who have knowledge and who can connect dots that computers can't connect. Uh, even Ken Griffin, you know, Citadel's Ken Griffin, you, you probably think of him as, as one of the leaders in algorithmic uh, development, but even he says it's computers by themselves aren't the answer. It's intelligently combining computers with the right type of humans is where success is really going to be found. Nice. Excellent. Well, Mark, I know that we've got we were planning to talk about a lot more things, but I think that we're going to run out of time today. So if you would, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Understand beta market environments and adjust trading strategy accordingly. 
Awesome. So how would you best coach people to learn more about understanding beta if they don't have a strong understanding of it right now? Well, I think you start with the fundamentals. Um, you have to have an understanding of basic CTA strategies to start. And I think any anyone involved in machine learning, you know, they need to start by understanding CTA strategies because that's the foundation upon which most systematic investment strategies have been built. So the most obvious beta market environment is the market environment of price persistence. Um, and I monitor price persistence in, in different markets and different stocks. And <clears throat> so I can assign a certain value to uh, the success of a strategy based on its beta. But there are other betas. Uh, there's uh, volatility beta that I monitor very closely. Um, and volatility sends a lot of signals. And volatility usually precedes or validates big moves. So volatility is another market environment. There are several market environments. I wrote about it in a book and I taught about it at a course at Northwestern, but there's not a lot of uh, academic literature on beta market environments. Um, I think it's more sort of a, a very narrow topic um, that uh, certain algorithmic developers are using in there uh, and how they develop algorithms. Nice. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely warrants a come on. Come on. So thank you so much. Um, Mark, where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, um, you can go to valuewalkpremium.com, and I write uh, a couple articles a day uh, for Value Walk um, and uh, cover a lot of economic topics uh, there. So that would probably be a good place to start. And, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Yeah, you bet. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show your mark your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas and go to valuewalkpremium.com and check out his articles. Thanks again, Mark. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.